Be careful opening your emails on this tech edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. I am Sean O'Reilly, joining you here from Fool Headquarters in beautiful Alexandria, Virginia. Today is a tech edition of Industry Focus, and I am joined today by the incomparable Dylan Lewis. How are you today, sir? Good. Uh, I think my data is safe, so that's good. Yeah, I don't know. Be careful, right? Yeah, it's a crazy world we're living in. Um, so, uh, if you haven't figured it out, we're talking about cybersecurity today. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to me, just glancing at the news on a daily basis, the Army, Ashley Madison, Sony, Hillary Clinton actually has avoided it. Everybody's getting hacked. Yeah. Uh, What's going on? So, our lead-in for today's show, and something that I think we kind of wanted to talk about for a while, was uh, the recent hack of Ashley Madison. And so, uh, just to bring people up to speed, attackers uh, who call themselves the Impact Team. Great name. Great name, right? Great like That name. could be like an 80s action show or yeah. something like that, the Impact Team. Uh, what was the acronym for the uh, people that hacked Sony? Wasn't it something funny, too? They made fun of it on SNL. <sighs> I forget. I didn't it see was, that um, Oh, it was the uh, RNC. They called themselves oh. the... Yeah, and it was... Yeah, that was <laughs> that, the... That's awesome. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So the impact team uh, has posted several files from Ashley Madison's database. Um, Ashley Madison, of course, being the popular website for people looking for affairs, generally speaking. 37 million (laughs) names, though? It's crazy. Yeah, That's a lot. And uh, the data has run the spectrum from customer data, so emails, payment records, things like that, to um, emails from high-level executives at the company. Nice. Yeah, so you get that tinge of like what you'd expect from a retail hack and what right. we saw with the Sony hack. Uh, this is ago. a lot more than like the Target stuff, though, because the Target, they just got like credit card numbers. Yeah. And, okay, so what's in the data? Like, how big is this? So the numbers I've seen have been about 32 million. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, as most hacks go, it's actually really not that bad. Uh, Statista put out this, I think it's like the top 10 uh, biggest hacks in terms of data breaches in recent years. And Adobe topped the list with 152 million users exposed uh, from their 2013 hack. Wow. Yeah. Um, next on the list, eBay in 2014 with 145 million. Some other big names, uh, TJ Maxx in 2007, 94 million. Uh, Sony, 2011, and more recently. But uh, in 2011, their PSN uh, network got uh, hacked for 77 million users. Info. It seems like nobody's safe because I, you know, just the other day, I think it was announced that um, even the IRS with that hack, yeah. that was uh, it was a few hundred thousand more people than they originally thought. I mean, these are social security numbers. Ta- like, that's not good. Yeah. And from a corporate perspective, I mean, this is like a company's worst nightmare. Right. You know, so especially if you're in the e-commerce space, um, you know, it totally ruins customer confidence uh, in your internal systems and your ability to keep data safe. And I think that something that we're seeing with a lot of places uh, in the e-commerce space is they're looking to minimize the amount of friction that users have in buying things. Like you look at Amazon, and they're doing like one-click purchases type things. Right. You can only do that kind of stuff if you have secure data and people trust your systems, because otherwise, regnable data, they're not going to be willing to trust it. Right. And so um, it's really concerning in that respect. It's a huge problem if your business totally relies on discretion, like Ashley Madison. Right. Which is, you know, I mean, like, I think that, that company was it private? Like, they're, they're private. Done, right? Um, yeah. Like, so uh, they are owned by Avid Life Media. Okay. Um, and I think, like, kind of similar to IAC, Interactive Corp., like, they own a couple of businesses that are all within the same realm. Um, 
Yeah. So Avid Life Media tried to take the company public in Canada a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and then uh, looked to do it again in London, I think, uh, in England. That uh, is not more recently. Anymore. That is not happening. <laughs> <laughs> and and one of the reasons that they cited for not being able to take the company public uh, in Canada was it seemed like you know people couldn't buy into the business, and right. they were worried about the business prospects of a company that you know relies entirely on people wanting to have affairs and right. is a catalyst for people having affairs, uh, which is a tricky business to be in. Naturally. Yeah. And, you know, I think they thought they might find some comfort in going to Europe where attitudes are maybe a little bit more progressive. You're expected to have... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so, uh, and you know, we kind of hinted at this in the intro. Um, you can't even safely open emails, it seems like. Yeah. Um, something that these kind of attacks subject users to um, is something like a phishing scam. And so once you have some information and an email address from someone, you know, if you know that they shop at a certain store or they use a certain bank or something like that, you can email them masquerading as that entity and attempt to get personal data from them. You know, it's a lot yeah. easier to make an introduction when you know a little bit of background on somebody. Right. And so um, it's kind of crazy how susceptible it makes them to that. And I think one of the other things that a lot of people don't realize with these hacks is a lot of people use the same logins for multiple sites. And so, you know, if you're able to get login credentials from a hack, then there's a decent chance they're using that login for their Amazon yeah. account or their bank account or their brokerage account. You know, there are a whole bunch of different things that people use Dylan, the same is all your for. passwords password? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Yeah. Well, before we move on, I wanted to talk about uh, the companies that are trying to solve these issues. But before we get there, I do want to make our listeners aware of a very special offer for all industry-focused listeners. If you found this discussion informative and you're looking for more foolish stock ideas, Stock Advisor might may be the service for you. It is our flagship newsletter, started more than 10 years ago by Motley Fool co-founders Tom and David Gardner. We're offering the lowest price out there for all of our industry-focused listeners. It is $129 for a two-year subscription to Stock Advisor. You'll get two stock recommendations every single month with insight from our team of analysts. Just go to focus.fool.com to take advantage of this deal. Once again, that is focus.fool.com. Um, so I'm here again with Dylan Lewis. We're talking about cybersecurity, yeah. don't open your emails, all that fun <laughs> stuff. There are a lot of companies that are trying to solve this. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, you know, we kind of looked around uh, uh, the industry before we came in here, and a lot of them are private. A lot of them are owned by the big corporations like Cisco. But one company that's, uh, for all intents and purposes, it seems to be the market leader is FireEye. Mm-hmm. Who are they? What's up with the name? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they're a cybersecurity firm, and I think there's two really easy ways to look at their business. So they do monitoring and testing, and so this is machine-based, real-time cybersecurity protection against... What so they'll was, test your system. Yes, they're, they're looking for vulnerabilities Yeah. Um, against some of the more sophisticated attacks, and I can kind of get into that in a little bit. Um, and then postmortems. So they're also forensic specialists uh, figuring out what happened to companies after attacks. And I think... One There's of the, the show in this. <laughs> CSI FireEye. CSI FireEye. Fu- CSI fu- yeah. It really yeah. rolls off the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so some of the stuff that they specialize in, in terms of their ongoing monitoring and uh, just some of the things that they check for, is uh, advanced persistent threats. Um, and these are one of the more sophisticated attacks. Um, it's these stealthy and continuous computer hacking processes. And um, they're looking at targeting a specific entity with these. So a company, a government agency, things like that. Got it. Um, some of the more specific ones within that niche, uh, there's something called spear phishing. Um, 
And so fishing is... Isn't that what they do in, like, the Arctic <laughs> Out in the rivers. Yeah. Um, so fishing itself is masquerading as somebody else, yeah. somebody else in order to gain information, that. like we talked about in the first segment. Um, and spearfishing, similarly, is attempting to acquire sensitive information, but you're targeting a specific entity with it. So rather than having it be kind of a more broad scattershot thing, you're looking at going after the login information for a specific company okay. or specific individuals so that you can work your way in. Basically... People use this as kind of a backdoor to get into you know security systems that they might otherwise have trouble getting access Got to. Got it. Um, and another thing they're very great at is uh, zero-day threats. And so these are cyber attacks against uh, software vulnerabilities or flaws that are unknown and have no known patch or fix. They're trying to learn the unknowable? <laughs> well, yeah. It, it's one of those – the companies don't know that they have these problems or vulnerabilities. And okay. so because they don't know, they can't patch them. So they just are like – Listen, we want to make sure we got all our ducks in a row. Yes. See what you can find. Yeah, for the layman, like okay. I'd like to think of it as um, like system testing. Almost. Yeah, and okay. Just like almost like forcing down an issue until you find something. Yeah. yeah. Um, so a lot of people in this building love FireEye. We yes. sent some analysts out there to visit the headquarters, and they were just stunned. So how does FireEye do it? Yeah, so... For their ongoing monitoring and real-time analytics, uh, they run what they call a uh, suspicious software suite in a virtual environment. And they basically monitor that in real-time and use that to check for vulnerabilities. Um, And this approach has helped FireEye discover 18 zero-day attacks in the past two years, which is, according to their website, many more than the top 10 security companies combined. Wow. And, you know, that may sound like kind of a low number, 18, but you think about the potential liability of right. even one attack right and you know like those numbers start to stack up pretty quickly wow yeah so they actually caught thing yeah yeah i mean they're, they're, they well, they're catching wow. things before they happen yeah um and i think just a testament to the strength of their products uh this is from a company pr release in april the u.s department of homeland security has certified FireEye's multi-vector virtual execution engine and dynamic threat intelligence cloud platform under the safety act uh, certification is the highest level of liability protection available under the Safety Act. Customers of these certified FireEye technologies now have protection under the Safety Act from lawsuits or claims alleging failure of the technologies to prevent or mitigate in an act of cyber terrorism. FireEye is the only cybersecurity company with products, technologies, or or services certified under the Safety Act. So, it sounds like the M word monopoly, <laughs> like something. So like. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a big pat on the back, yeah, and, and a huge stamp of approval. Um, so this sounds great. Yes, there has to be a catch. Yeah. So I mean, they are in a lot of ways the industry leader, um, and I think one of the more innovative companies in the space. I think one of the uh, one of the big issues when you look at a company like this is like you have to have the right appetite to invest with them. Yeah. So I took a peek at their numbers before we came down. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, we were we were. That's jo- <laughs> a lot. We were joking before the show, and I said, "Great revenue growth. Uh, it's a bottom line only a mother could love." <laughs> yeah. So, uh, for those of you that haven't ever seen FireEye's beautiful, beautiful income statement, um, revenue twenty twelve eighty three million dollars doubles in twenty thirteen to one hundred sixty one, more than doubles last year to four hundred twenty five million dollars in fiscal year twenty fourteen. Um, they are. Losing money left and right, though. They lost $35 million in 2012, $120 million in 2013, $443 million last year, which is their revenue, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. What's going on here? Yeah, and and part of the business of tech is like heavily investing in R&D right. and 
getting people to buy into that R&D. And so, with this company, we're seeing huge, huge investments, huge allocations in their research and development, and then the sales staff to get that out. So, I almost wonder, is it possible that... um, Because obviously, like, um, first days of Microsoft, bunch of R&D, just paying programmers to put out DOS and all this stuff. And then, once they built that, and you got everybody to buy in, then it's had this constant revenue stream. All they had yeah. to do was update it and get Windows and the set and the other thing. Um, is it? It almost seems like FireEye does a lot of consulting, and that isn't consistent revenue that you just collect money for, right? And like I talked about before, there's kind of like the two different segments of their business. I think yeah. the most appealing thing uh, for me as an investor, and I think for companies that are looking at you know being a little bit more cyber secure, is their ongoing monitoring business. You know, I mean that prevents you from being right. in the news and having these massive liabilities and right. you know po- potential lawsuits from users. And so I think that's really their bread and butter. I mean, like their forensics unit is great, but uh, it's a lot better to prevent something than to know what happened right. after the fact, right? So companies like Target, the U.S. Army, blah, 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 they just yeah give fire a $10 million <laughs> a year and say, protect us. <laughs> yeah, I think to, to bring this discussion full circle and, and back to um, Ashley Madison a little bit, uh, a similar company, uh, FriendFinder Networks, uh, they operate in kind of a similar space where it is, um, I'd say, like adults looking for adults or adult entertainment oriented. Okay. Um, sites. They uh, they were hacked in May and brought in FireEye to launch an investigation. So wow. you know, it similar kind of business, yeah. similar kind of problem. Same company came up. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So that is a testament to their uh, market leadership. Yes, absolutely. Very good. Well, thanks for your thoughts, Dylan. Always a pleasure. Sean. Have a good one. If you're a loyal listener and have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Again, that's industryfocus at fool.com. As always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. For Dylan Lewis, I'm Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on! Fool on!